I'm in like a hot desk, hot desk space. So I'm hiding in a little, uh, I'm in a little, it's basically a cupboard. They call it a phone booth, but it feels like a cupboard. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 179 of Sapnin Podcast, featuring my very, very handsome self, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards! Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards, and this week, we're uncovering the roots to a forest of knowledge behind the scenes of one of our favourite events. Yes, we have branched out <laughs> to this week's guest, James Scarlett, organiser and promoter of the wonderful 2000 Trees Festival. Yes, on July 7th, 8th and 9th of 2022, Trees returns to the Upcott Farm in Cheltenham, UK, only a few hours away from London for the first time since the world shut down and is gearing up to be the biggest edition of the festival yet. Jimmy Eat World, Thrice, Turnstile, Idols and Yumi at Six will all headline proceedings to one of the most community-driven, independent and feel-good highlights of the summer. Since its launch in 2007, Trees has blossomed into a festival that, for me, feels like home. It's a joyous atmosphere, aesthetically pleasing, and there's just nothing else like it for you to escape from reality. Uh, If it's fangirling over your favorite bands on the main stage, discovering new ones, or relaxing in the acoustic forest session, there's always something to make noise about. Obviously, We've made uh, it apparent that we're big advocates for the festival on this podcast, Sean. Um, but there's nothing quite like the experience of 2000 Trees. No, it is one of my favourite festivals I've ever been to, um, both as an artist and a punter. Tell you one of the most important bands you forgot to mention there. It's a band called Raiders that play in 2000 Trees that I think everybody should check out. <laughs> they're, a, they're a very, very uh, well-kept secret. And by well-kept secret, I mean not many people like them. Um, yes what a fantastic festival food is always on point fucking oh as you've mentioned several times ice cream is good drinks are uh, are always good there everyone's fucking up for a good time there's hardly ever any dicks here 
and it's one of the most eco-friendly festivals as well. So, yes, it's a fucking good time. I suggest you go. Yes, they're doing their bit for the environment. Obviously, there's trees everywhere. So we thought we'd invite head booker, organizer, team leader, and the man of many other jobs, James Scarlett, to give us a real insight on what's going on in the background, its origin story, and a lot of secrets. In this conversation, we talk how the pandemic really affected everything, not being able to do the festival for a couple of years, life as an independent event, what it takes to produce these quality of lineups to some cheeky rider requests he's experienced, headliners that almost got booked, and more importantly, we get the latest scoop on my favorite ice cream. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, we did. Um, we talked to him about that time that you fucking bragged for you. For the whole year, about how much you loved ice cream, and then didn't have the fucking ice cream when you go there, yeah. And uh, yeah, we also mentioned Limp Bizkit, but I'm not going to say any more than that. Um, it was a very, very good conversation with James. I love seeing him. He's always a fucking absolute gentleman. Yes, it was It was a fascinating chat, and um, I was surprised when he mentioned how long it took for idols to get booked on the festival as well. So yeah, this was a really, really good chat. So thank you very much to James. Thank you very much to 2000 Trees for having us at the event both the podcast and my band um that is very very cool of you i appreciate it very very much well you mentioned raiders will be playing there but some other bands i'm very excited for just to really explain the magnitude of this year's lineup is the likes of the get up kids creeper no devotion can't swim twin atlantic young guns our friend Tom Jenkins, the Amazons, Nova Twins, Lauren Hibbard, and John. 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 What John? You know, man, John. What John? For Shanti. John. <laughs> the band. John Davis. What, the singer from Corn? What John? <laughs> <laughs> what John are you on about? John. There's two of them. Bro, if you just keep saying John to me, I'm going to fucking punch you in the face when I get in a room with you again. What do you mean, John? There's a band called John. There's a band called John. I did not know that. What, just John? Just John. There's two of them called John. I don't know if they're called John. The band is called John. Morgan, they better fucking bet their asses they both called John. If they've called their band John and neither of them are John... I don't know if that's the most genius name or the worst name for a band I've ever heard. They call you Band Clive. Give you Band a human name, like, and an old man human name at that, like. John. What? <laughs> Just imagine you, like, with your mates going, oh, what, what's your plan now? We're off to see John. Oh, what John? <laughs> the band. What band? John John's the band. band. John's band. What do you do? John's in a band. No, not that John. John the band. Oh, my fucking God. It's Aww. doing my head in already. Um, let's talk to them. We should make... Oh, yeah. We should make a fucking beeline for them. When we go to 2000 Trees Festival this year, we are going to find John, and I'm going to go, <laughs> John, what's happening then, boys? Um, what's all that about? John. <laughs> to find out what this whole John Malarkey is about, you can get 10% off your tickets <laughs> for 2000 Trees by Smooth listening to this black. podcast. And using the promo code SAPNIN at the top of the checkout when you head to 2000treesfestival.co.uk forward slash tickets. That's 10% off all your tickets 
with the promo code SAPNIN. So there is no excuse to go and check out the wonderful experience that is 2000 Trees Festival in July. So before we go straight into this wonderful conversation, please remember to support us with our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash SAPNIN, and follow us at SAPNINPOD on Twitter and Instagram. Yes, let us know on our Twitter and Instagram what is the weirdest or worst band name you've ever heard. Because now, I think John might be up there for a two-piece band. If neither of them are called John, I'm lost. I don't know if it's great or the worst. But get in touch at Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Let us know the weirdest band name that you've ever heard. And you never know, we might get them on. We might get them on. You fucking befuddled me now. Should we just get on with this? <laughs> yeah, it's James Scarlett from 2000 Trees. Yeah. Sapnin! Sapnin! Fucking John, look. Grow up. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Sapnin! 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 Sorry, that was a bit cagey, wasn't it? You can go again. Do you want me to go again? <laughs> no, it's all right. It's all good. It's all good. No, I was going to do my most metal voice there on the second one. Oh, you definitely can then. can fire away if you, if you want. Oh, yeah. I... I feel like I built this up now. <laughs> no. No, no, I'm, I'm bailing on that. I'm bailing on that as an idea, as a concept. What a, what a bad start. Sorry, guys. Yeah, it's all right. It's all good. It's all good. It's good enough for Dave Lombardo, but it's not good enough for you. I understand. It's fine. It's fair enough. Uh, yes, this week's guest is organizer, promoter, and all-round fantastic chap, James Scarlett of 2000 Trees. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. How are you guys doing? Yeah, yeah not bad, yeah. Yeah, same old, like, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Counting down the days now to festival season and yeah, the return of 2000 Trees, man. I'm sure 
it's very busy behind the scenes in your end. We're so close to the festival now, but just how are you feeling at the moment getting trees and Arctangent back out there after kind of two years of, of not really getting to put on these festivals? Yeah, I mean, really excited. I mean, like terrified and excited in equal measure because it's like everyone thinks the pandemic's lasted two years, but if you're a festival, it's actually three years. So mm. it's like, you know, the last time I was in a field was in August 2019, which is, you know, by the time I'm in a field in July this year, it's going to be three years. So, yeah, that's kind of like we're all sort of reminding ourselves what we do as a job. Like, where does, where does that stage go? And, you know, like, who, <laughs> who organises security and all that sort of stuff? That sounds really unprofessional, but it, it is a bit of a weird job usually because you only do it once a year. And now we've only done it once in three years. So that's pretty bonkers. But, yeah, I'm so excited, like, just to actually, you know, do it again and have people in the field and bands and stuff. It's exciting. Yeah, has it been, um, I'm guessing it's been a struggle since the f- cancellation of the first one or whatever. Um, can you talk to us about some of the things that you've had to endure or go through to get to this point now? So I think the first time around in 2020 was very scary for all festivals, really, because you don't, you don't really know what it looks like. Like, ha- what does cancelling a festival even mean? Like, do, does everyone ask for refunds? To, you know, how does it work? How do you do it? Um, just like writing the statements to, to explain what you're going to do to people is like a whole new, I felt like we learned loads of new skills and new stuff. So by the time we got to 2021, we were like, oh yeah, we're experts at <laughs> rescheduling festivals. We can, <laughs> we can do that again. Um, so yeah, 2020 was scary. 2021 was just disappointing, but fine. We, we knew what we were doing. I've just made it my sort of my main job is to is to like book the best lineup that I've ever booked for 2000 trees and for Arctangent. So that's the one good side of it is that I've had three years to do it. So it's like, <laughs> it's, it's stacked. Like if I do say so myself in comparison oh, no, it to, is. it is yeah in comparison to any previous year, 2000 trees, it's definitely the most stacked lineup. So um, yeah, that is partly due to the pandemic. So I have to give it some credit. <laughs> oh, nice. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, th- yeah. Thank you very much. Do do we now have the best two thousand trees lineup of all time? So exactly. yes, it's not so bad. Right? Thank you. Really. No, but but as but as you said, that that lineup is absolutely stacked for trees. I, you know, just to see, you've really got five headliners in the space of three days, and a lot of people are very excited about it. But just kind of for people who are not really aware of what goes on behind the scenes and how these things actually like come to fruition, what is the kind of year long schedule and job for someone like you and the whole? team trying to make a festival because it's not just oh summer's coming up we better book some bands for a few months away like this is a project going all year round and i imagine you're in conversations already about headliners for next year and the year after that yeah absolutely i mean just to give you an idea of the last 24 hours of my life yesterday i was booking bands for arc tangent yesterday afternoon for 2023 so more than a year in advance i made an offer for two of my favorite bands of all time so that's like, I mean, that's not like confirmed, but it's really exciting. And then this morning, I just had, a, I just literally just came off a call about the setup of 2000 Trees, which is like all like putting up fencing and all the volunteers we need and how we're going to feed them. And so that, I think those two, and then I came on and chatted to you guys and like those three, <laughs> those three jobs, Sorry. like no, all good. <laughs> those, those three things like booking bands, um, doing a podcast and like organizing food for setup helpers and putting up fencing are very like, I often think I wish people knew how much 
different stuff we do because it's a, it's a lot. So yeah, throughout the year, um, my main focus is always is always the artist, like artist booking, because that the difference between being a good festival, an average festival, and a great festival, a lot of it is in the lineup. I think so. Spend huge amount of time focusing on that, and booking someone like Turnstile is not something that takes ten minutes. It takes like a couple of months. You know, booking Jimmy Eat World took a few months, and um, Idols took a few years actually. And um, so wow. it's like these conversations are going and going and going and it's not just about money it's about all sorts of other stuff and so yeah that's a big part of it but then there's unlike some festivals where you would have like a booker which is what i do i i also do loads of the other things i own i am one of the owners of the festivals so i do everything budgeting stage booking security planning planning how we're going to stage manage and run the artists talking to the sound team i mean it's it's like it's quite a wide role so I'm scaring myself saying it out loud because I try to, <laughs> I try to like <laughs> compartmentalize my life so that I'm only thinking about one part of it at any one time. Yeah, I can imagine with that. But as you said there, like I think compared to other festivals, you always state that 2000 Trees is so independent and that's a testament to you and the team for making it community driven as it is. But I'm sure a lot of people don't really understand the difference between an independent festival and some of the main, major mainstreams we also have uh, going along every summer. So like, can you kind of explain some of those bigger differences but between the likes of yourselves and like a download or a reading or something like that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the main difference between being an independent is, on, is about risk. And if, let's say, download was to make a loss, it could maybe cover that loss with the latest Slipknot Arena Tour or Kylie Minogue, you know, Beyonce Stadium Tour or whatever. Whereas if, if 2000 Trees makes a loss, it's like us looking around going, has anyone got any money in their bank that can bail us out? Because suddenly you're looking at your own house and you, you're like your own bank account. It's, it's, it's literally just us. So it means the, the festival has to make a profit every year, really, and which is particularly terrifying during a pandemic. But yeah, it's about the risk. I mean, the risk is all on our shoulders. It costs like well over a million pounds a year to put on 2000 Trees. Ooh. And over a million pounds a year to put on our tangent. So if if no one comes, <laughs> if, you, if you're left in the field <laughs> on your own, then that's a pretty expensive like way to see your favourite bands. Yeah, and that's just <laughs> and, and that and that mill and that cool mill is just uh Raiders booking fee as well, I heard. <laughs> mostly, mostly. <laughs> thank, thank you for that. I just yeah. like to it's not very good negotiation on my part, is it? <laughs> no, and especially now that we've got it in audio information forever that we could take to the law. So yes, yes, I can't wait. Oh no, but but as I, as I mentioned, one of the things I always like to say about Two Thousand Trees is that every time I go, I feel like there is such a community around the festival, and you turn up. And it just feels completely different than any other event. Like, obviously, we so much love to all the other festivals. But Trees just kind of captures something a, a little bit different. It's hard to explain, but I'm sure, like, that's something you're all very proud of, of you being able to capture something completely different and everyone kind of feels a very special part coming to the festival. Uh, I mean, absolutely. I'm really proud of that. I mean, I'll be honest with you, though, and say that that wasn't, we, we seem like we might be really clever that we created that and we had that, that was always in our plan. But I, I think we, we kind of, the beauty of 2000 Trees is that we sort of fumbled ourselves into it and like bumbled along and we didn't, 
we didn't really know what we were doing. We weren't music promoters and we weren't in, we weren't even music industry people when we started. So it started very independent and community driven and it's just continued like that. Even though it's grown, it feels like it's still, there's loads of people that used to come back in, back at the start and, and it's very much still the way it was in 2007 where bands and the public can mix and it's just, I don't know. Um, I don't know why people are just nice at 2003. <laughs> like, like why, why do, why do the same people behave themselves at 2003 but not at Reading or Download? I don't really know why. It's just, we're really lucky. I'm not claiming responsibility for that. I just, it's just everything together. I think it's partly the type of bands we book. It's partly the beautiful location, the countryside, the sunshine. And we try and have, you know, nice staff that smile at you when you arrive and make you feel welcome and all that sort of stuff. Because that's really important. It's not like, it's not me welcoming the public when they arrive or even the bands really, you know. So it's like my head of artist liaison is the first person the bands see and she's will have a big smile on her face most of the day. And, you know, the security at the wristband exchange, hopefully they've got big smiles on their faces. And it's, it's like, you know, that's the kind of atmosphere we want to create, I think. Yeah. No, for sure. It's it's always been like that. I can I can attest to it. But you touched there on the kind of origin story of 2003, starting in 2007, a bunch of you just really into music. Um, yeah, tell us how it really first came about and how the idea kind of was greenlit for you to guys go, oh, well, we can actually do this. We can actually put on our own festival. I mean, we, well, we all had proper, what you would consider proper jobs, the sort of jobs that your parents are proud of. But we, you know, we left university and did, jobs that my mum and dad were telling all their friends look at james's job and i and i was thinking well i really hate that job uh, and so it was kind of like a lot of us were very dissatisfied with our careers our career choices and we were i was um, like obsessed i still am an obsessive music fan and my favorite thing to do in my spare time is go to festivals so it kind of got like you started thinking wait a minute if we could combine the skills we've learned in our professional lives and we had like lawyers and accountants and salespeople and in our small group of six of us. And if we can combine that with our love of festivals and music, surely this could be, it could be something we could actually do. But it was really a drunken conversation at Reading by, you know, we were, I think we were, I was probably about 26 and just wanted to change my life. And we had a few too many beers and next thing you know, we're starting a festival and it's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's yeah, it's, it's good to hear the uh, yeah positive from alcohol for once. <laughs> like, yeah. This, yes, yeah, we created fucking the one of Britain's best festivals because we were pissed. Yeah, like it's fucking genius. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a weird one. There's loads of like parallel universes somewhere where it all went wrong, I suppose. But we just happen to be currently in the one where it, it all worked out. We genuinely, genuinely didn't know anything about festivals or the music industry, other than we like listening to bands and going to festivals. Well, were there any were there any mistakes made early on, or things that you forgot that you then quickly realised? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, you get like a, 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 a pit barrier at the front, like a stage barrier to, to the crowd can crush against. So we managed to forget that in year one. So oh. we, put up, we put up some, um, it's called pedestrian barrier. It's the sort of thing they use for cues. So we tried to use that and it and it got absolutely mullered in the first band and like there was people like lying on the floor sort of mangled in the metal. <laughs> oh, it was no. pretty it was pretty it was a pretty bad <laughs> it wasn't great. No nobody was hurt. We didn't get sued, but it wasn't fun. 
and that, that's like amateur town, isn't it? I mean, seriously, you just wouldn't. That's <laughs> it's not great. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, but it, it's like you said, it's such a vast thing, though. It's easy just to fucking forget one little thing, and it just happens to be the security fence. Of the, like it's, I suppose it's easily done. Like I was expecting, like. Oh yeah, we forgot to charge for people to come in. Or um, yeah, there was there was nobody at the door, so people could just walk. You know, like I just I understand how easy it is for just to miss out on one or two things, and then yeah, we kind of had this conversation on site where I was going, "Why didn't I thought you were booking a barrier?" And then <laughs> and then my mate Mark is going, "I thought we said we weren't going to book a barrier because we couldn't afford a barrier." And then it's like, "Oh shit, there's no barrier. What are we going to do?" It wasn't very clever. And, and although we were really small, we still had like bands like In Me and Frank Turner and Devil Sold His Soul all played in that first year. So it wasn't, it wasn't nobody's. Yeah. There was, there was fans there mangled in the metal. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, yeah, which sounds like an old part of 2003's You Should Do, the, man- the mangled in the metal section where you just have like a weird metal. Um, we have section. <laughs> oh, but I'm sure there's just been loads of learning curves over the years. And really, 2022 is technically the 15th anniversary of 2000 Trees in a way. And I'm sure you're just really proud of how far it's come from that little idea, drunk, to what it is now and, and just seeing it unfold like it has. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty mind blowing. I can't really quite get my head around it. I am. Um, Kerrang released a magazine this week and I was interviewed in it and I sent my mum a photo of Kerrang. You know, like bands often tell the story about like their parents didn't think they were doing anything good until they were on top of the pops. Yeah. And, um, and then they're like, oh, wow, they're on top of the pops. And so I sent it to my mum <laughs> and she's like, my mum was like, she remembers me obsessively buying Kerrang when I was 11 years old. And it's like, and now they're interviewing me. And that is weird. It's weird. I can't quite something that we just fumbled up, but like bumbled into, oh yeah, we'll do a festival. And now I'm booking like Jimmy Eat World and being interviewed by like people like you guys and Kerrang. I just can't quite, I, you, everyone, I think everyone in the music industry feels like an imposter a little bit. Like yeah. you just, oh, I just sure, like, yeah. how did I, how did I end up there? So yeah, it's, it's great and weird and equal measure, I think. Did you ever think that it could get as big as it is? I mean, no, I don't know. We, ne- we didn't have a plan. The thing is, we, we didn't have a plan. And in, in a weird way, we still don't have a plan. Maybe you'll be talking to me in five years' time and, it, and it'll be like, I don't know, Faith No More and Deftones will be headlining and I'll be like, wow, I didn't think Ooh, we were ever going to get hit. Be right, um, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. Um, but I don't know. It's just, there was no plan. So, no, I didn't think we'd ever get to this because I never even really thought about it. It's just like every, every year we start again with a blank slate. We go and try and book the best lineup for whatever it is we think we can afford to spend. Um, and that has increased over the years. So you, you do, the only reason you can get bigger bands is because you can spend more money. I mean, that is the reality of it. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll touch in on that then. As you said, you're a massive music fan since such a young age, assessing of a Kerrang and all these bands. And I'm sure that since doing this, you've been able to book a lot of your favorite bands and kind of be in situations where you're like, whoa, this is like stupid that i'm i'm getting to do this and maybe you know for getting these bands to a festival you've created like is there any moments like that that just come to mind and you just think like i'm really proud of that yeah well we had i mean at the drive-in played in i think 2018 and i mean that was bonkers this is how much of an at the drive-in fan i am when they sound checked in the morning after they'd finished i went up on stage just so i could take a photo of omar's guitar and i was like i cannot believe omar's guitar 
is on the stage with me. It's like, so it's not like, it's not even me being excited about the, the people playing the music. It's just like, I can't, I can't get my head around it. They're, they're here. And I am um, later on that day, we've got like a barn, um, which is up on the hill. If you, if you stand at two other trees and you look up on the hill, there's a green barn. And that's what I probably shouldn't be telling everyone this happens, but the headliners hang out there all day. So if you ever want to break out of, <laughs> break in somewhere, <laughs> go and try and break into that green barn. That's where the headliners hang out. I walked in there and Omar was sat on the couch, Omar from out of the drive-in with his eyes closed with a guitar on his lap. With it, uh, it wasn't plugged in and he was just like noodling away. And I was just like, this is basically the best thing that's ever happened to me. It's so, it's, it's just so, it's hard to get your head around the fact that the sort of the 20 year old music fan in me is now you know 15 years later booking at the drive-in to play my festival um so yeah man. yeah would you say that uh at the drive-in then is probably your favorite performance of the festival over the years or is there anybody else that sticks out um i think the, the best live set i've ever seen at children's trees is probably enter shikari and and they're not actually a band that i listen to at home it's not really sort of thing i listen to much but i mean live is just like brilliant amazing they did that like quadraphonic sound thing where they've got extra speakers and they they brought a bit of production with them some really cool lights and stuff amazing i thought they were incredible well funny enough you mentioned that uh two members of our patreon were there when they headlined 2000 trees and they made the thing during the set where they got up and up on stage and they um proposed and got engaged and stuff and oh, yes. since we've been to their wedding so it's a weird full circle moment that. <laughs> wow that is a weird full circle moment did you know that they did um they did a wedding it was called 2000 cranes where they made uh, loads of origami cranes you know the birds <laughs> hang them up and uh yeah they had like a festival booklet and it looked like the 2000 trees i don't know if you want to sue them if you want to sue them the name's emily perry and, uh, <laughs> i did not know this no that's incredible. How long ago was that? Uh, last summer. Last summer. Wow. They should send us some photos of it and we'll um, we'll put it out on social media. I don't think we knew about that. Wow. Oh, it's a full fucking book. Like, it's not fucking about. <laughs> that is incredible. It's 2000 Cranes. It shows them at 2000 Trees when, oh, look, Emily, will you marry me? Oh, you can't see it. Oh, he's a we'll send you, we'll send you, we'll send you, um, Photos and stuff with it to make sure, yeah. That's, that is amazing. I bet it's got less typos than our program as well. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little um, dig at my brother who does the program. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, yeah, but going into booking and the lineup and everything, as I mentioned, it, 2022's lineup is looking insane. You've got five bands who could easily headline at any of those days. But, like, who would you say is the kind of the longest you've had to? spend time trying to uh, book a band because you've had so many huge names in the past from you know at the drive-in refused alkaline trio just to name a few but i'm, I'm sure there's been a couple of conversations to get bands uh, to come like a jimmy Eat world or a turnstile or idols yeah because the thing about a jimmy Eat world is you're 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 looking for them to actually be on tour in europe that that is the thing Almost always with a big American act, you, you need them to be on tour. So for Jimmy World and At The Drive-In, we waited a few years for that sort of to link up and to work. Idols has been a long time coming. And that's that's more, that's not because are they on tour, are they not on tour? Because obviously they're based like 45 minutes from the site. But that's more the fact that 
they've blown up so big that they have a bu- they've had a bunch of cool stuff like I think they sold out four or five Brixton Academies. Oh, I hate doing that. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hate doing that. I hate doing that. It's horrible. Must be hard. It's a hard life. Oh, sickening, isn't it? Boring. It sounds boring as well. It sounds rubbish. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Who'd want to go into Brixton for the fifth night? And oh God, imagine the merch sales. Imagine the money. After. Oh, it'd be awful. I'd hate that. <laughs> Give me hundred capacity. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, they they took that took a while just to come to, to happen. Um, and I know I know a couple of the guys in the band because I live in Bristol, and they wanted to play, but it's, they've got like a whole sort of career map, mapped out, and you just have to you sort of have to wait your turn. Um, and there's a bunch of bands that we've never booked that there's been conversations going on for years with, and you know, hopefully one day. It'll happen. Like every so often, I just like email the Deftones <laughs> booking agent and be like, "Just reminding, just reminding you, we're still here." Or like Biffy Clyro. It's like these bands are these bands are actually too big for us. I mean, Biffy are headlining Download, aren't they? So they are they are technically too big to play Two Thousand Trees. But part of me thinks that they would really like Two Thousand Trees. Oh, for oh, sure. Under, yeah, that yeah, is their vibe to it to a T. Yeah, yeah. And like if if you could bring like the bands to Two Thousand Trees, they'd they would get it and they would like a bunch of the other bands. And yeah, so I still keep going for bands like that, but we'll see. Maybe one day. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, speaking of uh, making offers to bands, um, obviously people just love fantasy book and festivals. And over the years, I've heard a few rumors through the grapevines of some offers you've put in. And I was hoping if you don't mind, I could get some uh, reaction to some names here. Um, because okay. I, be- I believe one year, Blink-182 were in the UK. They had a day off uh, with one of the 2000 Trees dates. And you did put an offer in to try and see if they'd uh, come on over instead of uh, chilling up. True. Yeah, that is true. Ooh. And th- the mad thing is, they approached me. Oh, really? That, yeah, that, that's the bonkers thing. Is they, not, not the band, but the, the, the booking agent said, you know, the band are in... The band are in the UK. Now, you've got to realise that we can't pay Blink-182 what they normally get. <laughs> we can't yeah. pay them what they normally get paid. So I was like, well, this is our best offer, basically. And, yeah. Didn't oh, I? Oh. Nice one. <laughs> Fucking Travis and that. Yeah. Oh, well, oh. That, that, that's, that's interesting, though. Um, another one. Um Ooh. We don't have to talk about this because the band are cancelled now, but I do believe that you had... <laughs> <laughs> booked. We had booked brand new one year before all of that. Yeah, you've came got, up. you've got the. Uh, I mean, you, you, have you got? You hacked my emails. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. Uh, I, what, what, what can I say? I'm a, I, I take my job very seriously, James. <laughs> that, that is brand, brand new. Brand new is an example of one of the bands that took years to book, and I'm talking years and years. And I smashed our band budget to do it. And they, they were confirmed for 2000 Trees. And I, I can vividly remember being at, I was at a mate's house and I'd just gone to bed and I was like flicking through Facebook as you do before you go to sleep. And, uh, I, I saw, I saw the news break about brand new. And it was like, at that moment, I realized that they weren't going to be playing. So it's like, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. How is that like on your side when, cause obviously you hadn't announced the band at the time and then something like that happens where, the serious allegations and they're not a band anymore. How does that approach you guys? Is it kind of like a panic as you need to, to 
books or anything else or is it kind of weird because they haven't announced so no one really knows yet i think the the thing about that the, the, the sort of allegations that that happen in the music industry are they're some they're different types of them and sometimes they're so like either the band like make a statement and kind of admit it which i think is what happened with brand new or it's so or it's such a strong story that you just know that there's nothing there's no coming back from that 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 one felt like that they would they were definitely not going to be playing 2003 that year so i kind of accepted it immediately as far as i'm aware they just disappeared didn't they like as in they've gone ground yeah so um would do you hear off brand new's booking agent then like like i just wondering like imagine if you're brand new's booking agent you're like yes i fucking got him this gig in fucking 2003s in cheltenham yes they're getting paid and then that stuff happens did you hear again off the agent or was it just the agent was like oh well i just i mean i talked to him i I talked to him a bunch a bunch about loads of bands so he you know i book loads of bands off him so yeah we only had a very very brief conversation about that and it was just like yeah it's not it's not happening so you know let's move on basically it was I don't, I don't mean, that wasn't me talking to you. That was me talking to you. <laughs> I was going to say, move on, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. said to the agent, you know, it's not happening, is it? So we'll, we'll uh, yeah, look at some other bands. You said you mentioned Deftones and Biffy as, um, as dream ones. Is there anyone else that kind of like on that list that you would really love to, to kind of get to trees that you think would Patton work very well? Boys. Patton and the boys, obviously. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that was, that was the next one I was going to say. Faith No More, definitely. I mean, I, I'd like, I'd, I'd really, I think Faith No More would work at either Arc Tangent or 2000 Trees. I'd quite like to get Patton to Arc Tangent to do some of his other projects, some of his weird stuff, um, and get like, you know, Phantomass and, um, Tomahawk and stuff. But, um, yeah, that Tomahawk record last year was great. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Faith No More would be a big one, I think. Um, I mean, people always talk about, you're, you're, a Limp Biscuit fans, am I right? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that a judging? You that look like a judging face. Yeah, like, I remember you, do, guys... do you remember you interviewed me and my brother, and he was. Uh, I think he upset you because he was he was having a go at Limp Biscuit. Um, <laughs> but bands like I think that you know they would be a they would be a really great headliner. I mean, imagine that if they rolled out the hits, that's a proper headline service. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, I was lucky enough to tour with them in 2012, and. They'd get five songs into their set and you'd be like, they are fucking done. You shouldn't have started with M5. And then they'd play another 10 that would make any rock club go fucking mental. And you're like, oh, you're full of them. You're chock yeah. full of them, man. <laughs> as much as people don't like them, you can't deny they've got they've got some massive songs. So they'd be fucking brilliant for Trees. Oh. Yeah. Oh. But what I really love about Trees is that not obviously people look at the headliners and they're normally like, you know, that the big set of every day but there's been so many kind of legendary performances from other acts kind of lower down on the lineup and in the days and stuff like that you just got to think like a couple of years ago you had frank iroh playing um i think the same year while she sleeps did one without laws the vocalist and all these guests were coming out and stuff um and this year too that I feel could be in that same vein and I'm really looking forward to is the fact that you've booked No Devotion, very good friends of ours, playing one of their first shows in quite a long time. And the fact that you've got Young Guns there, which is a surprise to anyone that they're still a band because they haven't done anything in a while and people are very <laughs> yeah. excited about that. I just heard this week from someone who's coming from America just to see Young Guns and they're not wow. actually going to, ha- they're not going to hang out for the rest of the festival. 
They want to. They're going to stay in London, and they're just going to come to the site just to see Young Guns. So this is the sort of devotion that that band get from some people. I mean, yeah, that's. I think that's a really cool one because they've they've played Two of the Trees loads of times um, over the years. But yeah, No Devotion is another one that probably it's probably I can't remember what year that that their album came out, but I think it's three or four years I've been trying to book them. That'll be good, I think. It's, um, hopefully they'll have, you might have the inside scoop on that, but hopefully there'll be some new music before then, maybe. I don't know. I, hopefully. Yeah, I <laughs> think they might. Yeah, I, think, I think they might be. I know they have been recording, so yes. uh, hopefully it'll be it'll be before then. But yeah, can I just touch on the Young Guns thing? How did that come about? Did like Is that a booking agent comes to you, or did you reach it? Because I, I haven't heard of them doing anything else. So yeah, so I mean that was book. So their booking agent, um, she books loads of the trees lineup. So she does Pup and Boston Manor um, and a bunch of other bands. Um, you me at six, I'd say as well. Um, so we talk all the time, and she just mentioned Young Guns would be. I mean, this because weirdly this was a booking that was done at the end of 2019 for 2020. Um, so I think it might have been an anniversary at that point, 2020. And it's not it's not anymore. Um, but yeah, so yeah, she just mentioned it, and I was like, yeah, yeah, they've got a they've got a history with the festival, so definitely let's let's get them back. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a special special set. But who else on this year is lying up like lower down on on the card that you're really looking forward to, and you feel like people should definitely go and check out? So I I mean, it's, I feel like the sort of the underground. Like up and coming bands, there's a, there's millions of them. Like I'm really excited about Witch Fever. Like, the one thing I'm really excited for at 2000 Trees this year is we've we've got this forest stage. Um, I'm sure you guys have seen it, and we've knocked it down, and we're we're in the process of rebuilding it. So it's going to be a bigger stage, still a wooden structure, but a, a bigger version of the old stage, and we've got a bit better like production in there. So. Although it will still be lots and lots of acoustic stuff in the daytime, in the evening we've kind of really ramped it up. So there's bands like Zand and Clit Drip, stuff that is in the rock world, but a bit more ele- electronic and kind of like really, like um, I mean, I sound old saying this, but like really modern, like the sort of like <laughs> the new wave of stuff. So the evening in the forest is going to be quite different. It's not going to be like, it's not going to be like elves playing acoustic guitars it's going to be you know people properly going for it so yeah Yeah. well that's one of the things i wanted to bring up because when people ask me who have never been to trees before you know what's the festival like and you know like how would you compare it to other ones i always say that the forest stage is one of my favorite things about festival season it's so unique it's just a beautiful atmosphere you can just escape from everything just sit down and see very intimate sets and Obviously, you've got a forest around all these trees, but like, where did the idea for that originally come from? Because I do feel it's one of people's favorite elements of the festival. I think um, with festivals, you're always stealing from other people. And we went to End of the Road years and years ago, um, probably even before 2000 Trees started. And End of the Road is kind of like Indian folk music. It's not really much rock music there. But you go in at night, they have these woods that you go into. And there's like loads of really random stuff. Like you'll come across just like a piano just sat there on its own that you can play on. And then you, and then there's like a dance, a disco dance floor with a DJ just in the woods in the dark and um, with a little bit of lighting. And so we were like, it'd be really cool if we could do something like that. Um, and we had a mate, Rich, who 
was very handy with the woodwork and, and he was like, I'll build you a stage if you want. So I was like, all right, go ahead, go and build us a stage then. And he built the stage and I'm like, wow. So it started off really stripped back acoustic and slowly, slowly built up. And yeah, I, it's, it's probably my favorite place to be at 2000 Trees. Like over the years, there's been some, I mean, Frank Carter in there was incredible. Yeah. J- Jamie yeah. Lenman did a covers set and it was so good. He did like, you know, he's doing everything from Nirvana to the Beatles to Queen. Ralph from Enshikari did a set in there. This year, we've got Twin Atlantic doing an acoustic set, which is another one that's been a few years in the making. I've been trying to convince them to do an acoustic set in there. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a cool space. But we nicked it up. I mean, the answer to your question is we stole the idea from under the road. It's worked. It's worked. Yeah. I didn't have a clue about that. And like, it's one of my favorite things about it. But, like, is it weirder trying to book bands for that stage i mean obviously if they're already playing the festival you can say like hey come and do another set here but someone for like twin atlantic where they're just doing it exclusively acoustically like is it is it hard sometimes to kind of convince them to just rock up with uh and and strip back it's really hard i mean every year i ask you can basically pick the 15 biggest bands on the lineup and i i will have asked them all to do forest sets you know, Frank Carter did it, Shikari, all those ones. But if you actually look at the lineup this year, most of the bigger bands like are not doing it. And that is because that's a number of reasons. It might be because they don't want to sing twice in a day, which is fair enough. You know, they've got to protect their vocals. They're going to headline the main stage. Some bands don't work very well acoustically. So you can't really imagine at the drive-in or maybe idols or turnstile really working that well acoustically. And I think there's got to be an element of like, some bands don't need the hassle because you are naked up there with just your voice and an acoustic guitar. You can't hide behind any effects. You can't hide behind a wall of distortion and screaming. It's just like... It's not track. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> can, the, the, the question is, can you sing? And, when, and it's amazing when someone like Frank Carter just gets up and it's like, wow, wow, this guy can properly sing, proper singing. And he's like hitting every note. Whereas I, I can imagine... I can, I'm not criticizing anyone because I can imagine if I was in one of those bands, I'd be like, no, thank you. That's a bit too much stress for me. Thanks. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's always a beautiful highlight. Uh, you said Frank Carter, the, you and the excerpts are, are there. James from Death Barna a couple of years ago yes. was, uh, yeah, yeah. was a, was a great highlight as well. But just while we're on the subject of, of booking. Uh, acts and the lineup, a big thing for people these days is always, um, asking for diversity. And obviously you're always looking at trying to get the best acts at a festival, but do you kind of have like a schedule or anything where you try, what's the, how do you book the best version of 2000 trees for everyone? I mean, it's something that's, that, that we're not, we don't work to quotas, uh, but there, but it's something that is on my mind constantly when I'm booking the lineup. Now, in terms of the, the bigger acts, because I just explained to you how much it costs on the festival. So in terms of the bigger acts, we are literally, I'm trying to book the biggest acts to sell the most tickets. Now, I would love to book Paris and I would love to book Paramore and I have tried to book both those bands. And some years it just happens that it's Jimmy Eat World and Thrice and they're, and they're not very, they're white, white males. Um, and, but then if you look further down the lineup, I think you'll find that it is very, it's extremely diverse. And we, we, in the background, we have a spreadsheet which tells us how diverse the lineup is. And we regularly compare ourselves to all the main record labels that we use and all the main booking agents that we use and all the main music managers 
the, the people that are like feeding us the bands, which is booking agents, labels, and managers, we compare ourselves to them and we have better representation than most, if not all of those. And that, I think that's, that's good. I mean, maybe we're not doing as well as we can do, and I'm definitely open to being challenged, but we're certainly trying very hard to make sure it's a diverse lineup that is inclusive for everyone and appeals to, you know, a diverse audience as well. Oh, it's what it's got to be one of the most diverse lineups I've seen for a festival possibly ever at yeah. the moment. So even yeah, even in terms of, of genre and everything, really, you, there's always something different at Trees. I've always found. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate you saying that. I mean, I think you know, rock. It's hard to get away from the fact that rock is quite a white man, and and that has obviously changed a lot over the years, and it's getting better and better, but. You're still in a situation where most of the headline size bands, it's just four blokes on a stage. And that's something that we all need to look to improve as, as we go on, as the years go on, I think. And hopefully some of, some of the bands that are lower down on the lineup at Teals and Trees will grow into future headliners. Um, I mean, let's have, you know, Witch Fever. That'd be a great, great band to grow and future headliner. Yeah. James, we won't keep you too much longer because we know you're very busy trying to get everything done behind the scenes but just a a few more things um while we have you here i mean look you've been going to festivals since a very young age and you've been putting on 2000 trees for give or take 15 years now i'm sure you've seen some really bizarre stuff especially at the event because not only do you normally have like fancy dress a theme running there but there's a very famously the one year of Vukovi and the fridge that has become its own thing. So yeah. I'm just wondering, like, is there anything like that that comes to mind or just, just you know, the, the usual festival things that if you say them out loud any other time of the year, just sound bizarre. Right, well, my favorite, the favorite thing I ever saw at a festival that I was a punter at is a guy, he was crowd surfing, but he was in a bath and he was reading a, a newspaper He's like in a, tar- in a bathtub <laughs> and the bathtub is being passed across the top of the audience. And he sat there. He looked like he was naked. He may have had shorts on. I don't know. But he is just sat there like just reading the newspapers, crowd surfing across the top of 60,000 people. That was pretty good. But yeah, Mr. Fridge at 2000 Trees is weird, bonkers. Yeah. I don't really <laughs> understand how that, where that came from. <laughs> it's now a thing. Yeah, but it's it's definitely become its own its own thing. Um, one for me at Trees was um, I was watching Refused headline, and there was a gazebo being uh, crowd surfed to the front of the stage, which <laughs> as you do, as, as you, you do, do, yeah, yeah. You know, Dennis Lixon, man, the big fan <laughs> of the gazebo. He won't play unless it's a crowd surfing gazebo. I heard. Fuck the man. But big love of gazebos. It's the man loves gazebos. <laughs> they sort of, I always have those, it's a really strange feeling being the, the sort of owner of the festival and also loving festivals because mm. when you see the person in the bathtub and you're at someone else's festival, it's great. And when it's your own <laughs> festival, it's like 50% great and 50% you're thinking someone's about to get hurt when that goes, that's going to smash someone in the head. And it's the same with the gazebo. I remember Billy from the subways climbed our climbed onto the roof of our main stage one year and i was stood there next to our health and safety officer and he's like looking at me going we need to like pull the plug and i'm thinking this is like this is great i love it but also i'm terrified and we're going to get sued and he yeah and he, he threw himself off the roof of the stage Ooh, into the crowd. you know 
Yeah, literally stuck between two different emotions. Like one, like, yeah, yeah. this is the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen. And then also, oh, no, I might have to pay a lot of money out for this shit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we had um, we had Dillinger Escape Plan at Arctangent. Oh, and then that's, that's the ultimate version of that feeling. You're like, <laughs> yeah. this is great, but also we are definitely going to all go to prison for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm really enjoying the mental the mentalness of their performance, but also at any point he may take a shit in a bag. So that is the worry. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, that's the maddest. Do you know what? Speaking of it, that's the maddest thing I've ever saw at a festival. 2001 Reading or 2002 Reading, showing my age now. No, was it? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was one of those I was, festivals. I was there, actually. I was at the, in the crowd watching it. Didn't you were opening? So I thought, oh, okay, they must have Mike Patton fronting them because they just brought out that EP where Mike Patton had done the songs for them. So I was like, fuck, I must see Mike Patton first thing in the morning or Reading. And then um, they come out, and then uh, the singer Greg drops Kex, curls one down into a plastic bag, and holds it up and said, every other band on this stage, this is them. A bag of shit. And then he threw it into the crowd. The crowd threw it back. He rubbed it all over himself and then got in the crowd. Well, how the fuck do you even begin to deal with that? <laughs> you can't have him. You can't have any. Like you can't get security and be like, security, get him out of here!" Because they're like, "He's covered in shit." I'm not touching that. Like, what a defence! You can't be dragged oh. up. And, it, and you're at, and you're at a music festival. You're camping. You do not want someone else's <laughs> oh. shit on you. Oh, no. But yeah, that's weird that me and you were probably stood five meters away from each other on that thing. That's- <laughs> yeah, that's, but yeah, I remember being stuck between um, going to see this girl who were a uh, band of the moment in the UK at the time. Yeah, and didn't just get blanks. I thought Patton was going to be there. So when Patton didn't come out, I was I was a little bit disappointed. But then the bag of shit thing, well, that won all things. So that literally changed. I think it changed me as a front man. I think that made me go, oh, well, anything's fucking possible now. Jesus Christ, if you can shit in a bag and throw it at people, this is the best job in the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Wow. But James, there's a couple more quick things. Um, you don't have to name names, but I'm sure dealing with bands over the years, you've had some weird kind of requests either for something on the rider or kind of, I don't know, maybe an extra dressing room or some bowl of green M&Ms. I'm not sure. Like, is there anything like that has ever come up and you've thought, is this for real or are they just testing us? I mean, there's a. I'm not going to name the name, but you, you may be able to guess it. There's a band that headlined Two Thousand Trees that are a two piece, and they and they asked for a, a table that could seat thirty people that had uh, a tablecloth and individual like knife and fork place settings, three course meal for thirty people, and I'm like, <laughs> there's two of them, and we're and we're in, and, and we're in a field. This isn't, you know. Apparently, when Madonna, someone told me the other day that when Madonna tours, you have to recreate her lounge every single night of the tour. You have to make <laughs> the dressing room look exactly like her lounge at home. Oh god! And it's like, <laughs> but this is just a small version of that. It's like we're in a field. I'm not getting you're not having a tablecloth, and I'm not feeding thirty people if you've only, if there's only two of you. I got an idea, Madonna. Grow up. Like what? Like why do you need? Oh, I. I want it to look like my lounge. Wouldn't you get bored of seeing the fucking lounge every day? Wouldn't you want to be like, I want to, I long for a white wall in a venue. Like, what the fuck is going on here, you man? That's mental to me. Fair play to her. Fair play to her. Also, I just like the idea of you just saying to whoever asked for these 30 meals, just to be like, you can throw a couple of 
Stefan the burger van, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much it. That's why I, I said about the person who runs our stairs on Sarah, she's always smiling. But she 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 says no to people, but with a big smile on her face, she's good. She's my she's my favorite person. She'll be saying, No, we can do five meals, maybe. Bands all I think bands test you, they always ask for something. Like there's like a can you give us a Remember a band asked for a robot once? Depends how big the band is. Some, sometimes we Wait get... a sec. No, James. Rewind. <laughs> what? Who asked? Well, number one, what sort of fucking robot? And number two, can you tell us who's asking for a robot? I don't, I don't think they specified what robot. And I, I, we did get a little toy, a little toy robot. But I think you're, at that point, you're like not sure if they're taking the piss or if there's some reason that, that a robot is so important to them but it's usually stuff i mean one of my favorite rider things ever is because sarah is used to me saying no she'll say to me oh at the driving i've said this and i'll be like no that's ridiculous we're not getting it but when we were at arc tangent a couple of years ago mashuga arc tangent is in cheddar right it's right by cheddar and mashuga said can we get some cheddar cheese from cheddar and sarah <laughs> came over to me and she's like you're not gonna move it i'm like Get it. This is amazing. Meshuggah. sugar want cheddar cheese. Get that, get someone in a car, go and buy them some cheddar cheese. Get them the, you know, that's great. I love that. That's not breaking the bank either, but it doesn't really fit. It doesn't fit that well with their, their metal, metal image. But that's the thing. That's people, people hearing this now are going to be like, that's fucking great. Cause people, you know, people expect, I don't know, Metlax probably ask for, uh, cocaine, blood in glasses. And then to you, they just want some cheese and maybe a, a look around the gorge later on. <laughs> it's mental. It's mental. Like It's brilliant. Absolutely awesome. Uh, well, we, we've mentioned food quite a bit. And this is a very serious question now, James. Now, it's become a meme almost on this podcast every time I mention oh, 2000 Trees. Because I, I say that you have the best ice cream I've ever had at the festival. And I would just like wow. you to... Um, maybe confirm that for people listening who don't believe me. <laughs> well, would it would it disappoint you if I said I don't think I've ever had an ice cream at 2003? Well, you, you, well wow. I never. Well, I'm shocked. You should do. Appalled. You should do. Yeah. The last couple that of times we went, yeah, he is right. He is, it is very good ice cream, um, but Morgan literally went on about it so much, right? <laughs> uh, the la- Yeah, so 2019's when he went on about it so much that you'd think that his first trip would be to the ice cream van. He didn't go for two fucking days. I was like, uh, how much do you like was, this ice cream? <laughs> it was the first day because we were very busy in the press tent. That's why, oh, Sean. bullshit. <laughs> I was Absolute keeping bullshit, it as a treat after the hard work. I've got some bad news for you about ice cream, though. I think he sold his van. <laughs> no. Joke right. Now. Anyway, thank thank you very much to James. That was James from 2000 fucking Trees Festival. I Whoa, hope it goes ahead so, this year. It doesn't sound like it is going ahead this year anyway. Ta-da. So there's no. So what what are you what are you trying to tell me, James? There's no there's no ice cream for trees well, this year. Well, no, there will be ice cream definitely. This is not. This is uh, this isn't part of the festival that I do. Um, my my colleagues Danielle and Simon book the food. He sold his van. Maybe it'll be the same van and therefore the same ice cream just served to you by a different person. Okay. I don't know. Well, I'll be there. I'll, I'll be there tasting. Sorry. So I'd just like to say um, congratulations to Danielle and Simon as well because it's always, 2003's always has some of the best festival food I've ever had. So uh, congratulations to those two. Um, Amazing. They do, a, <laughs> they do a fucking sterling job 
I can't believe that ice cream man might not be there, Borg. <laughs> <laughs> you fuck, no, but you fuck, you can't go on over that. Uh, what a way to tell me as well. But, you know, um, but James, seriously, thank you so much for taking the time um, to talk to us and just explaining everything behind the scenes with trees and some very funny stories. Before you go, is there anything you'd like to leave us with? Um, plug anything with trees and Arctangent or just share anything um, with the listeners who are looking forward to uh, the festival season? Yeah, I mean, I'll just, just tell everyone that I'm really excited. I'm genuinely really excited about 2000 Trees and like we, we, want everyone, we want everyone to join us this year. It's been shitty time for everybody the last few years and this is the time we can all like let our hair down and properly go for it. And there's no better place to do that than a festival. So yeah, we'll see you, see you in July. Yes, nice. yes, you will. I'll be uh, right down the front for Jimmy Eat World because they're my second favorite band of all time. So I am dead excited for that. Amazing. No ice cream, though. Absolutely no ice cream. You'd be crying. Oh, I'd be crying. But happy at the same time. Like, oh, I'm starving. I'm starving. But Jimmy Eat World. But yeah. But yeah. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much, man. And um, yeah, we'll catch you in the field. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate that. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. <laughs> yes thank you very much to the wonderful james scarlet of 2000 trees for that chat it has made me very very excited for this festival i cannot wait it's going to be a fucking great weekend yeah i honestly i've missed it so much it's one of my highlights every summer and the fact that it hasn't gone ahead and we haven't been able to experience it as being very upsetting. Ooh. But I'm sure this year with the lineup with everything James has mentioned, it's going to be one to remember. So make sure you head down to Upcott Farm in July to experience it for yourself. 10% off all your tickets by using the promo code SAPNIN when you head over to 2000treesfestival.co.uk forward slash tickets. And if that's not the best excuse to go, I don't know what is. But just a massive thank you again to Trees, the whole team, and everyone involved who've always been so supportive of us and the podcast and everything we do really since we started. We've had a really great relationship with them, um, as you've probably heard on other episodes. And it's just nice to see just great people in the industry who are doing things independently, off their own back, uh, want, want us to get involved and, and supporting each other. So thank you so much to James, Rob, Sarah, Keisha, Haley, Matt, Mitch, Aaron, Danielle, Simon, and just everyone else behind the scenes. Fucking that, um, hell! 
<laughs> You've got them written down with them, you? you had all those things written down. No. As we all know, slow speech <laughs> means the opposite. Um, yes, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah, big shout out to uh, Mitch's gran, um, James's auntie, Tina. I hope she's well. Um, Rob's cousin, Philip. I hope he's doing all right. And of course, Mike, the band, who I haven't made yet. So. <laughs> um, but I am very upset that there's the ice cream might not be there. And that's very upset. Oh, bro, no. I hope it's not now, for you sake. Like, for my happiness sake, for your miseries. <laughs> that like, we can go there and like, we can just look at where the van used to be. <laughs> oh, imagine if it's like a light... Because normally when you go there, like, all the grass is lovely and green, right? Imagine it's just a yellow spot, right? Of where the ice cream van used to be, in the same shape as the ice cream... thing is, that, that would have to be three years old and the grass wouldn't have had to have grown three years with it, so... <laughs> doesn't dream. work. You can yeah. dream. Uh, fingers crossed. Yes, as I said, thank you very much to James Scarlett. I cannot wait for 2000 Trees. You never know, we might even do a live one of these from there. So, <gasps> keep your eyes on yours. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? At Sapling Pod on Twitter and Instagram is the best place to keep updated with everything. But I'm sure uh, you're excited and the boys from Raiders are excited for, for a gig like this. It'd be nice to see our good friends in No Devotion, as we mentioned. Yes. And, and, and Young Guns playing a gig. Bro, there's fucking so many friends here. It's mental. Mm. Boy, mm. you and me are six are going to be there. Nova Twins are going to be there. Twin Atlantic. The boys of Boston Manor are going to be there. Kenny Hoopla, who we haven't met yet, is going to be there. Um, the Hurt Process. I don't know many people listening to this will remember the Hurt Process, but they were um, part of the integral seed back in like 2001 to probably 2005, I think. I'm making that, those dates up. But, yeah, they're going to be there. And, of course, uh, what we like to now know him as, the renowned liar Colin Duran is going to be there <laughs> um, with his band They Fell From The Sky, who he told us when he came on here they would never play a live show. So I'm looking forward to standing in front of Colin with a big sign with You Fucking Liar written on it. <laughs> and that's what I'm going to be when they are on. So, yes, it's going to be a great weekend. If you would like to see 100 Reasons frontman Colin Duran Fight a man live at 2003's <laughs> festival. Go and watch They Fell From The Sky because he's going to beat the fuck out of me, probably. Oh, this, we definitely need to go art and craft shopping and make these signs now because that, that's Oh, he's just having gonna, it. He's having he's it. He told me they'd never play a gig, bro. He, <laughs> I, I, t- I was excited to see him. And then he was like, oh, no, we're not going to fucking do it. Like, what? You now, mental here we bastard. Are. Massive liar. But yes, Massive it's going yeah. to be... <laughs> <laughs> uh, huge liar Colin Durant, Durant. <laughs> all you'll be known from now on huge liar Colin Durant please, and we will address please, him like everybody listen to this right yeah <laughs> anybody listening to this right if you ever talk about 100 reasons or they fell from the sky please use the new name massive liar Colin Duran, please, that'd be so good. I'd love it. Imagine that became a thing, and he's like, "Why the fuck am I a liar? Like, why are people calling me a liar?" Because you fucking lied on our podcast, you bastard. But yes, check him out. If, I'm only mad because he's such a good fucking band. <laughs> I'm only angry because they're such a good band, and he told me they'd never play live. And also, uh, check it out Patreon, patreon.com forward slash happening. It is the best and only way, other than slipping twenty pound notes into our pockets. It is the best way to support myself and Morgan making this podcast each and every week because it would not be possible without the Patreon. 
Thank you very much to everybody who's already met a member. You've been a member. Um, if you're considering, come on, get involved, is it? Yes, there's loads of extra bonuses by signing up. You get from bonus podcasts, some exclusive behind-the-scenes videos, playlists, just general what we're up to, and we announce things that we're not supposed to announce uh, there first. So it's it's worth it's worth checking out if it knows you want to know what we're doing. Um, but we need to say a massive thank you to many members of that Patreon community. If you head over to the description of this episode, there's a bunch of names there. But as always, Sean is going to give a mahoosive shout out to the elite members of our Sapling Podcast Patreon community. Yes, thank you very much, Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Scooter Leeway, Janelle Caston, Nerf Gun Paulie. Mitch Perry, Dilly, I thought this was OnlyFans, Grimwood, Kelly Irwin, Natasha Morris, Kelly Young, Emma Barber, Nathan Croshaw, Sammy G, Tony Michael, Kat Besant, Dana Lasnova, Jenny Robinson, Murray Grimwood, Six Gun Scotty, Amy Dawson, Amy Louise, Alexandra Pembleton, Spud Gun Stewie, Tom Owen, Chris Howard, Caroline Robinson, M. Evans Roberts, Joe Ackland, Jacob Etherington, Kate Puttock, Martina McManus, Louis Cook, Carl Pendlebury, Danny, James McNaught, Cletus Harris, Jenny Munster, Emily Perry, Jason Oredia, Kelly Emma Cannon, Becky Andy, John and Emma, Kalila Keen, BB Gun Ollie, Adam King of the Goss Parslow, Josh, unfortunately, my obese parrot just died, but it's a huge weight off my shoulders. Chris is one of his better ones there. Thank you very much. Alice Wood, Amidina Barno, Reese Bowring, Katrina Robinson, Kate Stevenson, Kyle David Smith, Connor Lewins, and last by no means least, he's got a normal name this week. It's Daniel Stevenson. Thank Woo! you very much to all of those people, everybody in the description, everybody who's ever supported us on Patreon. Thank you very much. Get involved now. Patreon.com force us something. This is us over and out. See you next Friday. Love you very much. Thank you. And have a nice Friday. <laughs> Fucking hell. They're not listening to this on a Friday. Oh, get in touch with us at Sapling Pod, right? To tell us when you were listening to this. Yeah. Uh, When you listen to it on the Friday, I'm where. Yeah. Are you you on the toilet? Are you in the car? Are you at work? Why did you have to go for toilet (laughs) straight away? Are you taking a shit? Hey, send us a photo of your shit to at Sapling Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Or if it's a really bad shit, Get in touch at mhrichards <laughs> underscore. Yeah. I will accept photos of turds at mhrichards underscore. Thank you. There and we are. Good night. Sapnin! <laughs> Sapnin! <laughs> Send Morgan your turds. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much.